Good morning, everybody. You're on Iron Radio. This is Phil Stevens, strength coach, powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and maker of all things for everybody. So. <laughs> nice. This is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, associate professor at the Kerrigan Institute, instructor at Walsh University, Rocky Mountain University, and still down in South Padre kiteboarding. Uh, didn't hit any height. PRs for jumping, but it was super windy yesterday and got a new one for distance. There you go. Flew through the air for 136 feet and I landed it. So it (laughs) (laughs) doesn't count if you don't land it. Well, the little device I have like doesn't track landings. It just tracks impact force. Gotcha. Um, but I can go on in the map and look and see, you know, kind of which, which one was what. So, you know, I, I did this stuff in the past where like, Hey, I'll just do whatever to make my stats look really good, but yeah. man, you're asking your body to cash a lot of checks that you maybe just don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Get the next Coach Rowe. Oh, go ahead. I was just. Oh. This Coach Rowe out of KC. He's strength building KC. Um, weightlifting. Actually, don't have any pilot theories anymore. Uh, strong man and some. Just general strength and conditioning is what I work with now. No power lifters, man. We got to do something about that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, just bad. But yeah, the cold hit here. It was like yeah, 80 something degrees, too. and now it's freaking 12. <laughs> anyway, so what we got to start with, there's a bunch of new world records again. Um, the first one we'll go over, we talked about this kid about, oh, about a month ago. Nabil Lalau, I think it is. L-A-H-L-O-U. So in October, he broke the 148-pound class world record in deadlift at 701.1 at a USPA drug-tested meet. And he apparently did it again, this time at a, a WRPF. Let the freaks come out night contest. He added ten more pounds, so seven eleven at one forty eight. So I don't know what uh, here's his other lifts. Eh, his other lifts enough in the. He squatted uh, five twelve at one forty eight, and bench new two ninety two. one forty eight. So I have no clue how tall he is, but I'm guessing from his picture, not very. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because he's pretty freaking jacked for 148. So, um, he's four foot six. Yeah, oh. exactly. <laughs> so, and then there was a new uh, all-time raw squat world record. Raw in this uh, instance would mean sleeves. So a sleeved raw world record in the squat by a 240-pound. Lifter, 242-pound lifter, he squatted 870.8 in sleeves. Oh. So, um, and that beat, I think that beat Kevin Oak's record. Then Kevin Oak had done 859.8 in sleeves back in 2020. I think that was a meet I was at. But, uh, yeah, 3.6 times body weight. Oof. So, in sleeves, not bad. He also benched. He just missed 485, so he hit 463, and he deadlifted 821.2. Wow. Total of 2155 pounds at 242. So. 
And then the last one would be a USAPL raw record. And this guy was a 181 lifter. Deadlifted 788.2 pounds. So, and I do believe it was a uh, conventional deadlift, too, which oh, are falling oh. out of favor recently. But Yeah, that's true. A lot of people moving to sumo. But, uh, yeah, those are the records right now that happened this week. But What do you guys got? Anything in the news? Yeah, I know. I mean, I just need to get my butt up on the platform again and start crushing old people records. <laughs> Good thing with being master, I can crush even records that don't exist. So. There you go. Make your own records. <laughs> <laughs> I always like, like Gabby and Sean and us were talking about that because like, She's like, yeah, I broke records, but they weren't there. And I was like, well, I mean, worst case scenario, you just inspired somebody else to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, now there's going to be some other woman in your state that's like, hey, look, somebody else did it. Yeah. You know, maybe I can do that. It's never a bad thing. So uh, get out there and make your mark, you know. Put your name on something, and then, like I said, just inspire other people to do it. That's usually what records are for anyways. Um, like we've talked about many times on the show, it's like, you know, nobody thought anybody could run 100 meters under, you know, 10 seconds. And then that happened, and then everybody did it. So, you yeah. know, so that's what records are for, man. It, especially big ones, like the 1,000-pound deadlift record. Yeah. yeah. That's not possible. And now look at it, you know. Once somebody does it, then... A belief happens. Well, if he did it, you know, why can't I? You know, before it's ever done before, that's it's always harder to be the first, in my opinion, because you always have that doubt. Well, maybe it isn't possible, but so even if you're not as good as everybody else, I mean, just show up and do the thing for the experience. I mean, yep. my wife and I got invited to a grip competition in Finland, of all places, and. I mean, I was competing against, you know, Adam Glass and Tanner and all these Hari and, you know, all these, like, you know, world-renowned competitors. And I'm under no illusion that I'm even going to get close to anything yep. they're doing. But when else do I get to travel to Finland and do a grip competition in <laughs> Finland? It was amazing. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all my competitions now, I don't – like, I don't understand this in powerlifting. Like, you have to – like, before you attempt the world record, you need to go tell them. Really? The judges? Yeah, you, like, you have to state. This is yeah. a state record. It's like, could you imagine that? Like, Usain Bolt, like, hey, guys, I'm about to do this shit, so <laughs> you get ready. <laughs> I, never yeah. well, why why do that. I never understood why yeah. they do that. Is it just I'll, for the I'll announcement I'll... of it? Well, yeah, supposedly not... they have to get the right judges on the platform. Hmm. So, because in powerlifting, it's weird. They have, like, well, basically, you're run-of-the-mill shit judges. Yeah. And have state <laughs> judges, the guys that are labeled, they are able to make make state records, and then you have, like, national judges. National and world records. Then you have to get international judges if you're going for a world record. It's like... But here, here, here's why I would say, like, this is what's crazy to me about it, especially with, like, video. It's yeah. like, I think you should, at this point, be able to, like, take the lift and get the, you know, whatever for the you know, for the score, but the video has to be approved by the head organization. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, or something like that, where in, 
you know, maybe you just like, okay, well, it counted in competition, but maybe it's an unofficial world record if it doesn't pass, you know, whatever yeah. the thing. But it's crazy to have to, you know, come out of your mindset for a minute, like, oh, I'm about to break the record, instead of just being able to put it on the bar and then focus on your lift for real. Yeah. Like, I mean, it helps to have a coach, but it's, I always thought that was crazy to me too about the records thing. Yeah, well, and it fucks you up as an athlete because then, you know, you go tell them that. So what are they going to do before you do it? They make a big to do about it over oh, the yeah. mic and tell the whole crowd. Like, could you imagine, like, in track? Like, you have to tell them and you line up and they're like, Phil Stevens is about to break the 100 meter world record. And now your nerves are all fucked up. Like, oh, great. The whole <laughs> crowd knows I'm trying this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Instead yeah. of just being in your mind and doing it yourself. So. Yeah, it's weird that way, but I never got it. So that and the underwear rule. Uh, oh yeah, I got busted for that. I had the wrong yeah. underwear on. It's so stupid. I was like, but, really? They're like they're spandex. I'm like, they have no stretching capacity at all. They're just not tidy whities. Oh, yeah. it's illegal. Yeah, what? it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that really helped me. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's just nitpicking to the max, but. Yeah. Anyway, anything going on weightlifting drill? Well, world is coming up, so that's kind of we're in a gap right now. Everybody's got their um, like their region championships have pretty much all wrapped up, like Pan Am's, Asian Games, and all that. But Worlds is the next big one. I think it's actually the same weekend as the American Open. I think it's let's look. Um, but yeah, that's the next big international thing in weightlifting. I think like the mid weight classes will be interesting. I think I haven't seen anything from Washa lately, so it makes me feel like maybe he's either injured or I don't know. Or he's exactly. gonna have some crazy giant total. He's just been exactly. in the mountain <laughs> doing <laughs> drugs. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. He's hiding in the mountain. <laughs> yeah, but all the main lists kinda or all the main Regional chain like Europeans, Asian games, all that just have wrapped up, and then now everyone's headed to worlds. Yeah, which should be the next big thing. It's a lot of young guys that'll be pretty good. I know there's like a lot of juniors coming up from various teams that are like at least breaking world records in training. So, so um, those that. Anywhere between the 60s and the 90s, or 60s and the 100 classes is going to be like high races, high games. Uh, so, Mike, you have a uh, new grip product? Yeah. So I decided to do – well, I wanted to do a grip product for quite a while, um, but it was just timing and everything. And uh, I wanted to do it with uh, Adam Glass, who's been on the podcast here before in the past and the timing worked out i was down hanging out with him for it was about like five days again in uh, texas on the way down here and what we decided to do is it's a little bit different it's it's basically designed for obviously increasing grip strength but not necessarily for grip competitors although they may get you know a bunch of stuff out of it it's mostly for other athletes, because your grip is kind of like your tires on a sports car. If you put really bad tires on your sports car, it doesn't matter how big your engine or anything else is. Your 
transfer of that power is going to be limited. Where in most sports, if you're holding on to anything, there's some component of grip. And some people I've tested over the years are are okay, like their grip's not limiting. But most people, it's probably limiting in some capacity. And, yeah, so we just want to do a product to show people how to train um, for it, what transfers, what doesn't transfer. Uh, we'll have a little exercise library and templates. And then we started the – we're doing it as a mini uh, class. The first class is last Thursday. It'll be four classes. Next one will be this Thursday. And people get all the recordings and everything like that. But if they can make it live, they can ask questions. And, yeah, for someone good, we went over kind of the general philosophy and how to set everything up. If people want more information, then go to gonzogripstrength.com. Ooh, I'm going <laughs> right now. I'm logging in. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> no, it's amazing, like, with grip strength, how people don't realize this, but uh, new lifters, like, how limiting it can be. Like, oh, your yeah. body will only pull, like, on a deadlift. Like, it just won't pull harder than your grip. Yep. Um, and, you know, making people realize that, like, you will have them pull and... uh like I'm not a big user of of straps and things and, mm-hmm. until they're useful. But especially for beginner lifters, we do everything strap free and just showing them like like they'll try and pull something or even they make a lift and it's really hard. But and they have I know they have a grip issue and then we put straps on them and it's super easy. Mm-hmm. It's like your body just won't pull harder because it senses like it's going to fall out of my hand. So it slows everything. It limits the rest of the organism. Yeah, you know, like what it time. does. So, uh, you know, so, I mean, basically you're talking here. I'm on the site here, not right now. But uh, so this is more marketed just towards every, not grip competitors, but for just strength athletes in general. Yeah, so, because... There's some products for grip athletes, and the hard part with grip sport athletes is that there's this tendency to go towards all these really weird esoteric type lifts. Like you go to Finland, like they have this thing called a fin ball. Mm-hmm. And it's this little tiny ball they welded to a thing, and you add weight to it. You know, and it's like if you added five pounds to your fin ball in a couple months, that's freaking amazing, but <laughs> boring as hell to watch. You yeah. know, and I get it. If you're a competitor and you're over there, like those guys love it. Like they think it's amazing. Cool. That's awesome. I could care less. Um, this is more for, cause, so here's an example. You hear grip training and people are like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do grip training because I want my deadlift to go up. The first thing they normally do is they run out and they buy a pair of those like little squeeze gripper things. Yeah. Which is probably the worst idea you could do. Right. And I know people argue with this all the time, but. Are you doing something? Yeah, you're doing something. But once you realize, like, for people who do that competitively, trying to set a gripper in your hand so get it into the right position uh-huh. is a lot more technique than what you realize. And once you do that, then training it is what I know Adam's found this, Tanner's found this, I'm sure you guys have found this too, is that it's very specific. Like, yeah. you can get better at grippers and it may not transfer to Almost anything. Is it better than nothing? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, but then once you even learn how to set it and do it correctly, it's incredibly fatiguing. 
Um, and you're using very small muscles in the hand. And if you look at the position the hand is doing, like, you don't really do a lot in that position. What we found is that it's just very hyper-specific. So if you love training grippers and your goal is, like, to close the number three or whatever, then, Mm -hmm. yeah, cool, that's awesome. Like, go crazy, man. Like, do whatever you want. That's cool. But if you think just buying a pair of grippers off of the shelf and you're going to get a stronger grip, eh, I'd much rather you spend you know, 20, 30 bucks on a pair of fat grips, start sticking those on, you know, bars, pull-up mm-hmm. bars, dumbbells, and start using that for your, especially your accessory work. So now you've taken a normal bar from a one-inch diameter to, you know, just over a two-inch diameter. Uh, I found that that generally transfers really, really well. Um, it's probably a much, much better place to start. Yeah, and even just training... uh as simple as always going double overhand for somebody that's yep. deadlifting. You know, that's a huge one. And that's one I try to advocate to everybody. And we don't push it hard. I keep it simple. It's, uh, you know, we're going to start off our warmups with double overhand. And every yep. day that we do that, you just go as far as you can yep. in that grip until you have to switch. And then we're like, okay, now you have to switch. And over time that goes up. And then another one that hurt that I caught on to when I was doing, because everybody forgets this, but I started my competitive stuff in, in Strongman. Yeah. And my grip was my limiting factor in Strongman. And one thing I noticed, this was back, like, basically now I'm in single-ply gear and I wear a belt and knee wraps and, uh, like, everything I can for my competitive advantage in my in my sport. But there was a time where I was, like, Belts are for pussies. Wraps are for pussies. Sleeves, no, you don't do that shit. Straps are for pussies. Um, and I was in that stage, and then I found out, you know, somebody talked me into So basically, I was training strongman four to five days a week. So, And in strongman, everything is grip intensive, no oh, matter yeah. what you're doing. And I started using straps aside from, like, two days a week. And lo and behold, my grip got better. Because I was just constantly beating the shit out of my forearms and grip. So I was, they were never recovered. Uh, so I think that's like I said, there's a time and a place for, uh, using straps and things. And there's a time and a place to push your grip strength. And, uh, you know, one thing that I'll tell people is like, once you hit that later level, like there's more advanced, like your grip can only handle so much. You know, and there's a time and place the straps are okay. Like, I'd never, I generally don't use straps on deadlift at all, on heavy pulls. But my assistants work. It's like, dude, I just fucking pulled 720, and now I need <laughs> to do a bunch of stiff-legged deadlifts. It's okay if I just throw some straps on for that. Yeah. You know, and things like that. But uh I don't know. One for me was, uh well, farmers, of course. But when my deadlift was my issue, I just ended every session with holds. Either oh, fat grip, sure. like an axle, or... A regular bar and just like I had to hold the weight for 30 seconds before I could go up. And that's, that's what I did. Like I'd start off with the weight. Oh, I only got 20 seconds. Okay. I'm doing that same weight next week. And, uh, and that insanely brought up my grip. And like we talked about, like you were just talking to with the crush, crushers, uh, I got good at those trying to increase my grip. I got good at the crushing strength, but it just didn't translate over to just static holds of the bar uh, yeah it was a totally different thing and now uh 
now my grip's good. Like I pulled nine twenty out of the rack fair handed. It fucking hurt, but <laughs> but uh, but I just made a weakness of strength, you know, because it pissed me off. I, it, it made me angry that like my body can pick this up, but my hands can't. Uh, yeah. So it's just turned that into strength. So I don't know. What are your thoughts, Joe? What do you have people do for? Gripping? I mean, nothing else. Direct grip strength. Nothing outside of what you guys have already mentioned. Adding fat grips to things. One thing I've started doing though that hasn't been mentioned yet is uh back grip stuff on dumbbells that's like uh pronation or like basically rotation of the wrist rotation of the hands essentially side to side. Just like, to strengthen that like pronation. Pronation supination uh, you're talking? Yeah, so just actually training that because I actually a lot of weightlifting stuff in terms of injuries, the wrists and the elbows are what get beat up the most. I I find like that's the hardest thing for people to like really strengthen. And and certainly you can do and we'll we'll do the grip stuff. That's also a part of it. But like having a finisher where it's like fat grips over a pair of like twenty pound dumbbells. Can you just do thirty seconds to one minute just rotations and then we do stacking where you just take them and stack. I think I got this from some West Side people. Um, take it and stack it for 30 seconds to a minute, do like three rounds of that. And just helping with the, you know, wrist and elbow injuries specifically, but it also kind of strengthens your wrist and grip, but also high rep dumbbell rows of high rep heavy dumbbell rows, like crock rows are like our main things we go to. So like, but to strengthen grip, if grip is a weakness for us, but most of the time, I mean, weightlifting, not like using hook grip is not like grip, it's not grip strength, you know. So we don't use it, we don't need it as much. And I've only had one, one person that was like a deadlifter who was struggling at seven hundred. So mm-hmm. usually that we like. Go ahead. Just that we. We actually like, like had to do direct grip stuff stuff with when he was getting close to seven hundred because that was like where he was failing. Like everything else was fine, but he was failing at the top of the lift. And his fingers would open up, mm-hmm. and so we did a lot of holds, carries, kind of some strong ass stuff. I I played around with, and I don't know if this actually helps, but I like open hand, like being able to do open hand stuff, like so like sandbag RDLs. Yes. And it's yeah. like, I like stuff like that where you have to like keep your hand open and try to hold on to stuff. Um, I can't say that that helped or not because we were doing kind of some other stuff, but that was something I switched his posterior chain high rep work to. And I like, I like doing it for as like just training for like, um, jujitsu stuff, but I find that a little bit more effective for that kind of stuff. But I can't say that it was great or, you know, was like life changing to his grip, but the regular stuff worked, and he was able to get 700. And of course, never on the platform because the powerlifters I get, they're always like, eh, I really don't care about competitions. Strongest <laughs> people I've had. Pull <laughs> <laughs> 700. Just, yeah, yeah, whatever. Ah. Oh man, yeah, like <laughs> dude, so like three, probably two or three of the strongest people I've ever had were like, I don't really care about the competition. I just want to be like stronger than everyone. I'd be like, oh my god. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, he did one. 
All right, so we did one competition, and, you know, I think we went down to Springfield for it. And, you know, we trained, you know, we trained hard and stuff and things like heavy in the gym and we did stuff. But and this is like his first one, and everything looks just stupid light. Like, just <laughs> so it looked, it was embarrassing. Like, I was embarrassed that everything looked so easy. And because I was like, dude, read. He was like, yeah, you know, because I was like, what are you feeling in training? And then he's like, oh, well, this feels kind of heavy. And, you know, we're in the five, 600 range for stuff. He's like, yeah, you know. That feels pretty heavy, so maybe we'll start here. And like we would go, we I made it like a couple. I was like, that was easy. That's big jump. And I was like, oh damn, that was easy. Also big jump. And then so we're out of lifts. I'm like, damn dude, like <laughs> we didn't even struggle. <laughs> and and then he just was like, yeah, I don't really like all the competition stuff. I just want to be really and like that was that. He just wanted to be really strong. And so I, I've had two two or three guys like that in my coaching career that are just like. Silly, strong, but just like don't want to be bothered with. Like that sounds like a whole day. Like I'm just trying to go, but they're like deadlifts, five, six, seven hundred pounds. It's crazy. That's my that's my powerlifting luck, by the way. Like I, the strongest guys I get in powerlifting are always like, meh. Like that sounds like a, like singlets, you know, yeah. underwear, shoes. I'm out. I can't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> like a, that's way too that's a whole Saturday. I'm not gonna go. Not to go off on a tangent, but yeah, like that's most of my guys like that. He had a grip issue when we started turning the corner on 700 and he was able to, to get it before he, he left. He moved down to Texas, but, um, and I, he's the only person I remember that we had to specifically do grip training. And I, I think that's where most people end up in powerlifting. They like, once you get to that, like over the 600 hump, and into that 600, 700 range, like for most people, it seems to be where grip comes in. Or if you're a heavyweight and you got like those fat little fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when I had my, a little bit of trouble was when I got up to 297 or whatever it was. And my fans were just so fat. And it also was, took me so much more time to get to the bar. Uh, and that's one thing that like people don't realize it's it's the deadlift compared to the squat and bench is the one lift that uh, it doesn't help to get really big it, and it can actually start to hurt you because of grip and then also just mechanics and having to get down to the bar oh, like, sure. with, like with the squat as long as you get in the right movement pattern on the way down it can be a huge aid because you're just crushing all that tissue. Yeah, but uh, rebound. But on the deadlift, it's like I can't get into that position because my freaking gut's hitting my thighs, and, uh, <laughs> you know things like that. But uh, yeah, for me, I don't. Another one that we did some was uh, like plate pinches on, yeah. with bumpers because they're flat. They're totally flat on both sides. It's real easy to chip cheat that plate pinching thing. Like I'll see people pick up to they'll put two forty five pound metal plates together. And of course, they always make them face to where the lips are out. Yeah, turn those things around. Oh yeah. So you're on the, the flat, flat side, oh, and it's yeah. like, whoo, big change. <laughs> and I think it was Matt Vincent put up a video. He was like doing, uh, you hold a 45 pound rubber plate and you have to like clean it up. And it's like you pick up that 45 pound plate and it's nothing, 
but the minute you have to then move it dynamically, yeah. um, your grip's just like, no, like I couldn't do it. And like I said, I can hold, I can pick up a 900 pound barbell, but that strength there was just, it's super limiting. And that's what you see. And, and that's why I think it's explaining people in weightlifting, why the hook grip's so needed. Uh, it's that roll of the bar. And it's not a big deal when you're going slow, like a deadlift, but the minute you have to be super dynamic and try and throw it, it just rolls out of your hand right away. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what are some things that you see, Mike? You're the local grip expert, like that people do drastically wrong for training grip. Yeah. The big thing is they just tend to focus on uh, crust strength. Mm -hmm. So your closed hand maximal strength. Which is good and definitely needed, and that's probably a limiter for <clears throat> for a lot of people. Like the you know fat grips type stuff works good for that, but the biggest limiter I see is usually the thumb strength, because the thumb is going to oppose the other four fingers, which you're like, well, well, no duh. But <laughs> if you look at like an overhead press or even a bench press, and you see like the bar isn't sitting straight on the wrist, right? It's not splitting the thumb and the index finger. Their wrist is like rolled back and they don't have another, it's not like Olympic weightlifting where you have another component to do. Like you're statically loading that thing and that little lever arm that's short, that's going to cause you huge amount of wrist pain at some point. And it's probably shutting you down neurologically a little bit too. And then most of the time the cue they give people, which is correct is, you know, straighten your hand, you know, showing the position, but they still can't hold that. What I found a lot of times is that their thumb is too weak. So their brain's going, hey, if we move this bar a little bit closer to the thumb, the thumb can't sustain that load. So we're going to cheat and move back to this, you know, what feels more of a safe position. And you do some training of the thumb and you know, especially pin strength. And then all of a sudden they can, you give them the same cue and they can, you know, hold the bar in a better position. Mm. Um, so you mentioned like, uh, I think Flokoff was doing this a while ago, like plate flips. Mm -hmm. So just start with a super easy, uh, light bumper because it is much harder than it looks, even with a light bumper and have your thumb facing down, your fingers on the top and then kind of do a weird high pull clean and then try to flip the plate over and catch it. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find real fast is that. It's a very good dynamic exercise of your hand, your wrist, and especially your thumb. Your thumb's on that downward side, and that's the main thing that's decelerating that dynamic motion. Um, plate curls are great. So take a plate. like So imagine like you're going to do a dumbbell curl. So you've got your palm face up. Open your hand and stick a plate flat on your hand, and then put your thumb over the top of it. So you've got all the weight of the plate pressing down on your fingers. And then your wrist has to hold that position also. And then just do a curl from there. So not only do you have wrist strength, you've got extended finger strength, and your thumb has to come down on the top and hold it there. Even for most guys, like to do reps of the 25-pound plate is probably kind of hard to start. Um, and then if they have access to it, any type of pinch work is great. Like you mentioned, <clears throat> like to start with two twenty fives or even two, you know, a couple tens, wherever you're starting is fine. And then have the flat portion on the outside and then put your hand over it and then just see if you can one hand deadlift it. Um and that's also good exercise. Um 
after that, I mean, if you want to get crazy, I mean, in terms of the two pieces of equipment, I think you'll probably get the most transfer and most use out of would either be like a two inch axle bar, which again, you can substitute fat grips for quite a while if you want. And then there's another bar called a Saxon bar. It just looks like a two by six metal bar. There's different sizes and you can add weight to it. So you can do a two handed uh, pinch deadlift. So now you have your hands open, you're on the inside of the thumb and you're really taxing your grip, but it's from a deadlift position. So you, you can easily deadlift way, way more than you can do on a Saxon bar. So you're purposely putting your grip in a, a weakening position. And then with that, you can tilt the bar. So now you also have wrist flexion. So taking your hand and pulling it closer um, to your forearm. Um, and that's limiting in a lot of people, too. So if you're looking at equipment, those are probably the two big things to start with. And then on those, you're actually applying a fair amount of load, too. I think when people get into grip, they tend to go down the path pretty fast of, like, trying to do these, like, super tiny, you know, competitive lifts where, like, half a pound is amazing. And, again, if you're a competitive grip lifter, then, yeah, that stuff matters. But if you're not, you know, look at the things you can get the maximum amount of overload on the tissue in the specific orientation that you want to strengthen. Yeah, another big one for me, I like the, the axle stuff. I think a big fault that people make is they always concentrate on the limit strength of it, you know, exactly how much they can lift, mm-hmm. which happens in a short amount of time, whereas I think the most carryover I had with gaining strip, grip strength for competing was uh, it wasn't just limit strength. It was limit strength versus time. Oh, because sure. when you start going to, like, my heaviest deadlift, we posted a video somewhere. It was when I was in Arizona. It was, like, 18 and a half seconds. Jesus. It took me to lock out the deadlift. <laughs> like, it was horribly slow. But yeah. when you get to really heavy deadlifts, it doesn't happen in, like, two seconds. No, it's not fast. You know? So, yeah, you have that strength to hold something for one or two seconds. But do you have it to hold it for seven? You know? Uh so the thing that, like I said, I changed to, like, I'm going to push my weight as much as I can with also, like, a 30-second hold time. Um, so I had some kind of endurance strength to that grip because I I know I needed that. I know that's twice as long. That's almost twice as long as my longest deadlift, but it's like, you know, I need to be able to hold it more than two and a half seconds, you know. So uh, it's adding that, a little bit of a time component in there as well so yeah. is what i thought really for, helped me for people listening what you exactly what you said is you still did max strength stuff but you also added in something that's specific to what your current needs are yeah right which makes sense right you've got your main lifts that are specific and then you've got accessory work yeah. you know so yeah because i see people go in either direction they go man you know i heard ta- you're working your grip is taxing so I'm just doing 60 second holds on this hex dumbbell for, you know, eternity. Yeah. yeah that helps for your holds, but it's not enough stress to mm-hmm. get your max strength high enough. Um, so I, I like having people do more max strength stuff, but like you said, you then have to look to see if it's specific. You know, yeah. if your deadlift is 20 seconds, then yeah, you're 
probably in addition to doing max strength work, you're going to need some specificity work, you know. Chocolate. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you look at it, too, you go to powerlifting meets, and, like, it's very rare, like, that a deadlift has failed on grip on the floor. Yeah. Like, that's super rare that the people just don't move it. It's usually, like, they make it up past their knees, and all of a sudden the bar pops out. Mm-hmm. So they have the limit strength to pick it up. They just can't do it very long enough. You know what I'm saying? Like the grip slow, those fingers just slowly open and boom, the bar falls out. And then their hands are torn to shit. Oh, you know, yeah. Because the bar just slowly just ripped their skin off as their hand opened up. <laughs> so yeah, they had the, they had the momentary limit strength to at least get it past their knee. But, uh, that went bye bye real quick on like second four. You know? <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. messing with those things, but and for me, it was also just learning how, like you talked about with, uh, there's a technique to the grippers. Yeah. For me, it, there's a very much, like I had to find the right technique for my, my deadlift grip. And my grip went up when I used to grab it and hold it like much like you would with weightlifting in a hook grip where the weight is down at the base of my fingers. Oh, um, and I change my deadlift grip to where the bar is in my palm. Yep. And like if I rip, it's in my palm. And I'm sorry, that palm is a lot stronger than my, my fingers. And then the fingers just kind of lock it and hold it in place there. That's what was, that was the biggest change for me. And I got a whole new callus. It took months. Like I have a callus right damn near in the center of my palm. Yeah. Uh, where that <laughs> bar rides. Is your wrist rolled or is your like hand rolled under a little bit? I roll them, so I roll them under to grip, and then I, like, force them straight. You know what I'm saying? So I roll them under to get the right grip, and then I kind of bite the bar and get my my hand straight. Yeah, but they they have to roll under to just get the initial grip, yes. And then you kind of just bite that palm. And it's like a hook grip a little bit. For the first month, it's going to hurt. But in the long run, you end up getting a callus there and – well, hell, it was on our intro for the longest time where I talked about Rob with with hook grip. It's like, you just got to fucking do it. Just don't be a pussy. And it's going to hurt, you know. Like people, every lifter I've ever had in weightlifting, like, whines about hook grip for the first month. Because, yeah, it hurts, you know. <laughs> but in time, you get used to it, and those little nerve endings are just toast. And, uh, and now you can hit your thumb with a hammer, and it's okay. But, yeah. Yeah. And that's the same tip for heavy farmers bars too. Like you watch guys or even gals set up for it. Like you don't just grab the handle from the top, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get as much contact friction on that thing as you can. So you're yep. normally going to angle the forearm a little bit. You, most people will kind of grab under it. So the forearm mm-hmm. starts out at the side. Their hand is in a huge amount of flexion yep. and they're getting as much friction on that as they can. And when they stand up, their arm gets pulled into kind of a straight position because mm-hmm. the load's a heavy ass load. Yep. Um, but you can same with axle, right? So if you're doing a max lift on an axle, like all the top lifters I've seen, your forearms are actually going to be angled outward a little bit, mm-hmm. and you'll see more bend in their elbows. People are like, "Wow, what is that? That's horrible looking forearm." Yeah. Like, but if you put your hand on a two inch bar and you angle your forearms out a little bit, you can get a lot more contact with the bar. Mm-hmm. And your axle, by definition, is almost always going to be sub-max of your normal deadlift. 
So you're yeah. not pulling a max max load for the rest of your structure. Um, so just doing that, you can, you know, add a fair amount of load to it, which therefore you can tax your grip a little bit more and you can get more out of the exercise. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I mean, you look at just across occupations and stuff, and I talk about this all the time, like, you meet farmers, and, like, they have the meanest <laughs> grip in the world. And, yeah. like, they do nothing maximally. You know, it's just tons of grabbing things and moving them around and wrenching on things and, uh, you know. Old it's, school it's, mechanics. Before yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just, they're just using wrenches all day. And, you know, it's a lot of, it takes time. It takes time and work and, like anything else, volume and uh, just slowly moving up. I mean, it's just what you have to do, and it's just identifying that weakness. Like I said, I don't train grip at all anymore, aside from the fact that I go double overhand. But it's also not a weakness, so I don't need to worry about it, but I keep that training in just by default. By Like, could I go in today and just start off all my deadlifts mixed grip? Yeah, of course, but uh, I just do it that way each day, To That's my grip. That's my 15 minutes of grip training or whatever the hell it is while I'm warming up. So I always get a little bit. Um, and if it's ever a weakness again, then yeah, I'll attack it some more. So, but, and just do various stuff. And then we do, just because we're dumb, we usually end sessions with, like we were talking about, like, hey, I saw somebody doing this with the plate. Let's try yeah. doing that. <laughs> you know, that's, we try to end sessions with just fun stuff. Like, that shit's fun though. Uh, yeah. You know, just do fun things at the end of your workout that are also kind of useful. So, yeah, uh, I call that monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. <laughs> you ever have a person just was... show up at your gym and do something weird and all of a sudden, yep. like, everyone else is trying the same shit? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, uh, who was it? It was me and <laughs> it wasn't long ago. We did decided to do a one-handed snatch competition. Oh, yeah, that nice. looks like fun. You know, it's just fun. It's just, it, yeah. I think. A totally different topic, but I don't think enough of that happens now. No. Uh, people no. just take training so serious. It's like literally, like I have a blast every training session. Um, we go in there and, yeah, we're lifting maximally, but we're joking around and having fun the whole time. Uh, we try to. And uh, if you can add that element of fun into your training, but it's just like we talked, we've talked about with kids. Like I forgot which coach I was talking to. Uh in football, like, he's like, okay, I was trying to get my kids in shape. We're having noon sprints and shit like that. He changed it and made the end of their their football workouts, the kids played ultimate frisbee. Nice. And he said they sprinted faster and harder <laughs> than they ever did in practice because they were out there having fun, you know, and that's how he got their conditioning work in. It's like, okay, he split them up, split the team up into teams and play ultimate frisbee. And he said, they're fucking sprinting like crazy and laughing and having fun while they're doing it. Uh, you know, you got to enter some of that into your training. Just do fun things for the sake of being fun that will probably have transfer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of off the topic of grip training, but, uh, yeah. you know, we do oh, uh, stuff that way. Yeah. So, I'll add one last thing, and that's only because it's helped just like on accident, but because we program it sometimes, it's like uh, high rep, sometimes heavy, like kettlebell swings, even in single arm stuff. 
just like that dynamic. Like, like anything that we can do that attaches to, like, really like a whole body movement, Mm -hmm. I always feel like helps us out quite a bit. The single arm swing, I program that the least just because the rotation for uh, not everyone is great at, you know, maintaining the rotational force on that, even though I think it's a better swing. But being able to get to, like, if you're so inclined, like, being able to get to whatever the like the, the, the sinister standard or whatever for, like, single arm, 100 swings and five, 100 single arm swings in five minutes with the 106, like, your, your grip would be pretty is pretty good after that. And that's almost on accident. We we don't program that directly for grip. Mm-hmm. I program that like just kind of by itself. Most of the time is like a conditioning thing, but single arm swings or kettlebell swings, like getting into the high rep stuff also something that we we've done well. Yeah, well, I can worked say that. Well I mean, for us. Kettlebells are and it's not the kettlebell. Like, there's tons of stuff like Pavel has created with the kettlebell and then all his disciples beyond that. But the simple kettlebell swing, like, everyone should do it, in my opinion. Like, at least once a week. Like, I just, the benefit of it is, and it's so hard to fuck up. Yeah, it's, easy to teach. <laughs> it's easy to teach and... You know, from your grip strength to your upper back strength to your hamstring and, and core development, it's just a safe, easy move uh, that especially for people that spend all their days sitting on a couch or in a chair, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, if if we got America to do 50 swings a day with even a 35-pound kettlebell, like, I have to guess our population would be drastically improved physically. just from that one fucking move you know uh like i have two of my employees now are just barely getting into uh lifting at all and i have them starting with just kettlebell stiff-legged deadlifts and we're like just gonna do those that's it simple and uh then we'll progress to a swing um but, and like you said, the grip and the fatness of the, if you have a traditional kettlebell, sure, the competition ones Thicker are handle. Handle. Yeah. You know, but it's those old cast iron ones that have like mm-hmm. a damn near a two inch handle. Yeah. You know, so it's automatically grip strength, but, and then you can progress to the snatches and things like that. And kettlebells are weird because of that, like snatches and things. To do them correctly, you can't be crushing the bell. No, not the whole time. <laughs> you have to be able to, you know, so, I mean, your grip, it's like this, I don't know, it's a its a locking grip strength without just locking in. You know, you just, your fingers can't move. they got to be loose, and the bell's got to be able to swing and move, and but you're still hanging on to it. So, yeah, that's a good one that I didn't think of. So. Yeah, and if people have kettlebells and they want more of a grip strength, and especially wrist strength, I think that's highly underutilized as a bottoms-up press. So take the kettlebell and literally put put mm-hmm. it upside down. So have the yeah. handle face down to your hand. The bell is on the top because now all that mass is wanting to fall down. You have to, one, stabilize it with your grip mm-hmm. strength. And then, two, because of the lever changes now, you're really loading the wrist at the same time to keep the wrist in a nice straight fashion as you're dynamically moving and pressing the kettlebell. 
Yeah. No, that's a good one. One last thing that I got, because we're wrapping up here. The other thing that I figured out, I don't know if you guys do any of this, finger extension work. Mm. Have yes. you done any of that? Like, I had massive pain in my wrist and my or in my forearms and elbow, and my grip was limited by that. And I found out, I don't remember who told me this, but uh, basically I was doing so much grip work that things were getting bound up, and basically all I did was get some those big-ass rubber bands you put on broccoli mm-hmm. and start doing reps out on that. The first time I did it, like, everything in my forearm popped and snapped and cracked. <laughs> uh, but it was just – and I, I didn't even think about it. Like, we always talk about balance and lifting. Like, you can only bench so much if, you know, your pecs are super big and strong and tight, but you never train your back. Uh, you know, the body kind of wants to be in balance, or we want it to be. Uh, so you start doing all that back work and then you, you know, your posture straightens up and things like that. How often do we, like we train our grip a ton in lifting, but how often do we train that extension? Uh, and at a certain point, like we can only get the pec so strong before you're just internally rotated to beat all hell and your body's just like, fuck you, bro. And it makes <laughs> sense that it's the, it's the same with the grip, like, so I started working finger extension and my grip went up too. Uh, just to kind of, I don't know if it was just orthopedically I was helping it or that some kind of balance. I mean, I would expect that, you know, the body will only push one muscular structure so far if that other one that's the opposite of it is, is just getting ignored. At some point it's going to just not, not go any further. Like I can't go any further because you can't back it up. So working finger extension helped me. With the health wise, I don't know if it was just the health wise, but uh, uh, it helped my grip go up by just doing simple things like that, just pushing out on it. You can even do it on a table. Just put your hand on a table and push up, push up, you know, push out with your fingers and things like that. So yeah, no, I think that's great. Like you know, a lot of stuff I program for people, even myself, is exactly what you said, contra specific, mm-hmm. right? At some point, your bench press may be limiting because your back is weak. Right, or your biceps and triceps. Like your body's, we can get it out of balance, but it's trying to keep some semblance of balance. And I know we're asymmetric and all that stuff, and that's not a bad thing. Nope. Uh, Yeah, the whole people go too far with that. But yeah, similar. I found things that help. If you look at uh, pinch work, is open hand work, which is the opposite of crush work. Mm -hmm. So just incorporating a bunch of pinch work will help because the hand is open and you're training the thumb. Um, one, one, when Adam showed me, which was great is uh fingertip pushups, but for a okay. lot of people who don't train a lot, just literally start against a wall. So gotcha. Like you're just yeah. barely loading that, but you're loading it with your hands extended. And now you're adding loading. Um, some of the rubber band stuff can help, uh, hands in uh, sand or uh, rice can help. And the other part that, doesn't get a lot of play that I literally I travel with them down here because I'm doing a lot of crush grip kiteboarding is uh, they're called Eagle loops. You can get them from iron mind and it's a loop where they go through kind of the ends of your fingers, so to speak. Initially it looked like something like rock climbers would use a lot, but you could imagine now if I create a fist, right. And you can see where your, your main knuckle sits up. I can put it on the end sort of the last space and joint of my hand. And because of that now, the the joint in front of the knuckle there, I'm just trying to use common terms, 
is now straight. And mm-hmm. I can put a lot of tension on it. Because when I lift something now, my hand is not in that crush position. Mm-hmm. And I can get a huge amount of tension through the hand, through the forearm, through the shoulder, scapula, back, hip, and everything else. So I like doing those for like face pulls or one arm high position cable rows. You can get pretty crazy and over time you can add a lot of weight to them. So at one point I got up to, you know, just shy of 700 pounds with them doing a Jefferson Ooh. deadlift, which again is a, it's just a partial load. Yeah. Um, but what I found was that uh, working up to something like that, because a lot of the other stuff I was doing was moderately heavy and in a different position, all my forearm pain, like all the other weird shit I had going on, like just resolved, mm-hmm. you know, because if, if you're a more advanced lifter and you have a lot more high tension going through your tissue, at some point you want to start with a low load method, but you may need to get into something at some point that is much higher tension that is the opposite of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, start with finger extensions, start with the rubber band, start with some of those extensors. Cool. If that works, great. No need to go up anymore. You're probably good. But if that doesn't resolve it, then I would start to look at things where you can progressively load in a safe manner that do have a little bit of higher tension, because sometimes you will need that to get kind of the, the structural changes that you're looking for in the tissue. Nice. Sweet. Yeah. On that, I got a powerlifting meet with Special Olympics kids tomorrow, so we'll let everybody nice. know how that goes. It'll be fun. Last one I was oh, at was cool. a blast. Um, you going down there, Drill? Uh, no, I won't be All right. there. All right. I was going to say, if you're bored, stop by, because I'll be bored. I won't be bored with my lifters going, but other than that, it's a <laughs> long day. Like sure. Is it that strong yeah. tomorrow? I think it is, yeah. Yeah. I think it's at their new place, I do believe. So, because they moved it. It was originally somewhere else, but, so. All right, guys. Cool. Wrap it up. Do it again. So. All right. Sounds good.